Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Steyer, and today we will be studying Daf 52, Nun Bet, in the fifth chapter of Masachet Yeramot. According to the Mishnah, if someone did Ma'amah and then had intercourse, yeah, that would be proper. We now turn to a discussion with Rav Huna. Gufa, Amar Rav Huna. Meaning, we return to the text, and Rav Huna says, Mekadesh, Be'achakach Bo'el, the condition of marriage is done properly, if the Yavam first betrothes and then has intercourse. If he first has intercourse and then does the Ma'amah, it is nevertheless a form of Kinyan. Now, the Gemara immediately points out, Im Bo'el, Kishita, it's obvious that this is a Kinyan if he first has intercourse and then does ma'ama. So why was it necessary to say that? Ella Ema, rather, it should say the following, that if he had intercourse without prior ma'ama, a form of kinyan has nevertheless taken place. We remember from uh, the first Mishnah in Kiddushin, Ha'isha niknet b'shushat rachim, v'kesef b'shtar v'biya. A woman is acquired in three ways, through, uh, through money, through a contract, and uh, through intercourse. And then our Gemara immediately asks, Vahatanya, Luka, Makat Madut Midrabana. But haven't we learned that such a person is punished by flogging? And then explains, well, it's actually flogging for rebelliousness, which is a rabbinic punishment. Now, Makat Madut, a rabbinic punishment, which can be imposed on transgressions for which the orator no punishment was stipulated. For transgressions in which biblical law, the orator decreed flogging, very strict rules apply. For instance, the maximum number of lashes a person can receive, according to Torah law, is 40. Now later, the Talmud reduced that to 39. Now, Makat Mandut is a disciplinary punishment for transgressions and has no limit. The lashing continues until the person agrees to do what he or she is supposed to do. For instance, we learn in Maseret Ketubot on 36 Aleph and B that if someone, for instance, would refuse to build a sukkah or to take the lulav and wave the lulav, he may be flogged until he conforms. Now, the other area for Makot Madud is for violations for which no punishment was set out by Torah law, but it was still deemed a punishable offense. Now, this kind of flogging for rebelliousness, Makot Madud, was a rabbinic tool to upkeep order in civil society, at least in theory, because it's not clear if the rabbinic legislation that is detailed in Tractate Sanhedrin, for instance, was ever legal practice but it does give us some understanding into the rabbinic legal mind. Now, 
What upset the rabbis here in our Gemara is based on the discussion in Kiddushin that I quoted already in uh, the first Mishnah, Ha'isha Niknet Bishkoshat Rachim Bekesef Bishdaw Bebiyah. And our Gemara in, ha, um, in the Hatanya quotes this section from Kiddushin from 12b in the name of Rav. Now what is said there? It describes a certain case. He is, it's also exactly verbatim recorded in our Gemara. A certain man betrothed a woman with a myrtle branch in the marketplace. Thereupon, Rav Acha Bachuna sent a, an inquiry to Rav Yosef. How is it in such a case? So what's the rule? And he sent back the answer. Have him lashed in according with Rav and demand a divorce in according with Shmuel. For Rav punished any man who betrothed the woman in the marketplace or by intercourse or without uh, prior shiduchim, or who annulled the divorce, or who lodged a protest against the divorce, or disrespected the shaliach of the rabbis, or someone who permitted a ban to remain upon him for 30 days, and a son-in-law who dwelt in his mother's, in his mother-in-law's house for 30 days. Only him who dwelt, but not him who merely passed, is the question. But a certain son-in-law passed by his mother-in-law's door, for which Rav Sheshet punished him. Now, the explanation then is there, his mother-in-law was already under suspicion through him. Now the Nehadians maintained, for all these Rav inflicted no punishment, except for betrothing a woman by intercourse without Shikafim. Others say, even with Shidofim, on account of uh, licentiousness. Now, you see here that the rabbis didn't look kindly on an infraction of their authority, because in essence it would have meant a dissolution of civil, of civil society. If you look at the previous citation where it mentions the Mispaker de Shaliach Rabbanan, meaning to someone may be lashed, who disrespects a messenger from the rabbis. If you look at the Tosfot, the Buhamadchil, the Mispaker de Shaliach Beidina, there it writes. Now, by the way, note that Tosfot writes Beidina and not the Rabbanan. And then the Tosfot explains why that is. Kach Girsakutras. This is the version that Rashi had. So Rashi apparently might have had a different manuscript of the Talmud, where it says um, somebody who disrespects the Shaliach uh, of the Beitin. The Tosfot explains that there are other versions that say the Rabbanan, and say, well, that is all the versions that we know. We haven't seen anything else. All the versions that we have in Kiddushin 12b says Shaliach the Rabbanan, and then explains that a shaliach beidin, well, in essence, is like a shaliach de Rabbana. And the Tosafot continues and emphasizes that one may be lashed for disrespecting any shaliach of the rabbis, even if it is not a shaliach of the beidin. And proving it from a case in that is described in Masechet Kiddushin 70 Aleph, where it says, for instance, that Rav Yehuda excommunicated a man who was harassing his messenger. Is Shaliach. Now, the uh, the section from Kiddushin 12b is 
quoted an hour Gemara here in Yavamot in full. And it's clear that although the Kinyan through intercourse is permitted de oraita, the rabbis threw all their authority in here to make sure that this is not actually happening in reality. Now a shift happened from a simple disapproval of uh, acquiring a woman through intercourse over the disapproval of acquiring a woman by all sorts of transgressions to public morality, for instance, such as acquiring her in the marketplace, or by literally only paying the limit the minimum amount of money to not having a proper shiduchin. So all of these things, the rabbis step by step um, outlawed. Now the, the Tosfot in the, in the Dibur HaMatril, the Mekadesh Bibiya explains, Amara binutam, de afilu biyevama de tsarich biya de pirzutahu she osot chilat kinyanogavia. So Rabbeinu Tam explains that even, even in the case of the Yevama, where we know that Biyara, where intercourse is necessary, because that's the essence of having Yibum in the first place, it would be lewd to make the initial Kenyan through an act of Biyara. Now, all of the, the restrictions or all of the requirements of a former Kiddushin are lifted over and also made applicable for Yevama, which supports the assumption that the rabbis were not exactly happy with Yibun in the first place and started out to make sure that basically the same rules apply to Yibun as to normal Kiddushin. The Shluchan Aruv in Evan Ha'ezer 1662 writes, that although media writer one needs no kiddushi prior, but the sages enacted that a document Ma'ama and money kasef are necessary prior to the Devir being allowed to have intercourse with the Yavama. And the Rama adds that she also needs chupa, just like any other woman. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.